Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3, and I want to read from verse 13. James chapter 3, reading uh, from verse 13, the Bible says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. I just love the book of James. Very, very practical. Uh, and it says this, but if it, it, and it's not sugarcoated in any way. It's not seeker friendly at all. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny, don't pretend you don't have that. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven. It's earthly, unspiritual, and if, it's, if it still hasn't hit you, it's demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Thank God it changes gears in verse 17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. How, how good it is that this morning we, just, we can just gather around your word as the church of Jesus Christ and just say, Lord, would you speak to us? Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation in this place. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Forgive me of my sins, I pray. And Father, I pray that uh, you, would, you would speak to us. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just release your gifts even as I share today, I pray. Speak by the Holy Spirit. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to speak today on the subject, wisdom from heaven. Wisdom from heaven. I believe one of the most important things that we can develop in our lives is wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. We live in a world that values intelligence and knowledge and education. Nothing wrong with any of those things. I don't want to make it sound like those things are bad and wisdom is good. Intelligence and knowledge and education are excellent. But never confuse them with wisdom. Those things are not the same as wisdom. They can help us to get wisdom, but they are not the same as wisdom. Solomon says, wisdom is the main thing, the principal thing. The highest thing that we can get is wisdom. Therefore, get it. Do everything that you possibly can to get wisdom. We want our kids to get an education. We want our kids to get, you know, knowledge, blah, blah, blah. We want to give them the greatest opportunity. But let's never forget that the principal things that our children can get is wisdom. Wisdom is the main thing. Because what we need in life more than anything else is the wisdom of God. Now, wisdom is defined as rightly applied knowledge. It's rightly applied knowledge. Because you can have knowledge and you can apply it 
in the wrong way or you can have knowledge and you can apply it in the right way. Wisdom is knowing how to apply the information and the knowledge that we have. Primary book in the Bible dedicated to wisdom is Proverbs. It's believed that Proverbs was used as a text book to teach young people. It's divided into sections, first section, chapters 1 to 9. Uh, it speaks about the value of wisdom. You'll see verses like wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. Uh, it. It's more precious than rubies. Other places speaks about more precious than gold, diamonds. That's what the Bible says. So next time, guys, instead of buying your wife a diamond ring, just get a wisdom. I don't know how, but yeah, it's cheaper too. Uh, wisdom is more precious than rubies. And nothing you desire, nothing, 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 nothing that you desire can even compare with it. Next section is chapter 10 onwards, and it outlines principles of wisdom, principles that lead to blessing. Solomon wrote thousands of, 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 of Proverbs, and, um, and, uh, and the book of Proverbs contains some of them. Uh, it says things like this, he who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son. All right, so chapter 10 onwards, there are these little nuggets of wisdom. Every verse is a, is, is a nugget of wisdom. Here's one of them, Proverbs 10, 5. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is a disgraceful son. As for some of the parents here today with teenage kids, you know what I mean? If they're sleeping in, just sense Proverbs 10. That's a good verse to put on your fridge for your kids. He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but if you're sleeping in, Bible says, it's the Bible says you're disgraced. All right, um, be encouraged. For those of us that are quite black and white in our thinking, we love this kind of stuff. We're kind of black and white. Um, we, 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 we love these Proverbs because if you do this, this is going to happen. If you do this other thing, this is going to happen. If you don't do this, this is something good is going to happen. We, we love it because it's kind of black and white, easy to understand. But then occasionally you have these Proverbs which are a bit confusing. I've made reference to these verses before because it kind of struck me. Um, it says this, Proverbs 26. Do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. That's verse 4. Verse 5 says, answer a fool according to his folly or he, or he will be wise in his own eyes. And so here we kind of got these two contrasts and the answer is, do you answer a fool or don't you? Because verse 4 says you, you do and verse 5 says or verse four, verse 4 says you don't, and then verse 5 says you do. So how do you know? How do you know whether to answer a, 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 in, you know, a fool or, or not answer the fool? Well, the reality is there are times that you do and there are times that you don't. And the only way you're going to know which to do is wisdom. W wisdom is going to help you to decide, do I answer right now or do I keep my mouth shut right now? And that's why Proverbs was taught in a classroom because wisdom is caught more than taught. This is not something that you, it's not black and white. It's, it's wisdom is caught more than taught. Tim Keller says, it's only in the context of community that we learn how to apply the wisdom of God. It's only in the context of community that we understand how to apply the knowledge of God, how to apply the wisdom of God. No, it doesn't apply in this situation, but yes, it applies in this situation here. The reality is in life, we don't always know what to do. It's not always black and white. Child says, I want to go to the party. Do you let them go or don't you let them go to the party? 
Well, the reality is at times you do and at times you don't. It's wisdom that's going to help you make that decision. When you need to choose a, a spouse, a career, make an important decision. Do you, do you make this decision or don't you make the decision? I tell you what's going to help you. It's going to be wisdom is going to help you make that decision. When you're faced with a difficult situation, and, and so often in life, you know, situations are not black and white. They're not just simple. We can deal with the simple. It's the difficult ones that we're not sure what to do. And, you know, I'm the kind of person, I'm a little bit, you know, mathematical. So I go to the whiteboard. What's the problem? You know, what are the options that I've got? One, two, three, four, five pros, cons for each one, you know, very detailed, you know. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find. But ultimately, what helps us make a decision in those difficult situations is a word of wisdom. It's interesting because the first spiritual gift mentioned in the Bible is the gift of wisdom. It's the, it's the ability to look through a really complex situation with a word of wisdom. And that's what we need more than anything else. So it brings us to ask a couple of questions. What does wisdom look like? been in church long enough um, I think you understand the value of wisdom you know we need to have wisdom uh, that we should get wisdom but but I want to get a little bit practical because so often we can hear about things like wisdom um, and we can we can understand the need for it and so on but but we but we don't take that next step you know so it's, it's a bit like that in prayer I was thinking about this in prayer we understand prayer we know we need to pray we know we know that prayer is very powerful but are we praying <laughs> That's really the question. It's not about the knowledge. It's about are we praying? We know we need to read the Bible. We need to study the Bible. Are we, are we reading the Bible? Are we studying the Bible? We know we need wisdom, but, but what does wisdom look like? And I want to get a little bit practical here this morning as we dive into the book of James, and then how do we get it? How do we get it? Well, in order to answer these questions, um, James has actually something to say. And James is speaking about envy and selfish ambition. And, he, and, he, and as I read in the text, it says it's earthly, unspiritual, demonic. But then he says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So what I want to do is I want to unpack some of these characteristics of wisdom today. And I'm sure that no one has reached the ultimate of wisdom. Can I hear an amen? Is it, all of us have got still a little bit of room to go. Yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody. Anybody got there yet? No, no one. That's just as well. All right. So as I go through these characteristics, I want us to kind of dive in and, and then maybe try to pick at least one and say, Lord, would you, would you help me to develop this particular one? As I was doing this study, I thought I'm in massive trouble here this morning. I'm big trouble because there's not just one I need. I need about six of them. All right. So so uh, here James makes a distinction between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom. And then he describes what they look like. So let's, let's have a look at what wisdom from heaven actually looks like. First of all, the wise, he says, have a pure heart. The wise have a pure heart. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. People who, who are wise, they seek after purity. They seek after a pure heart, a pure mind, pure motives. They don't want anything to poison their hearts. David experienced the consequences of an impure heart. David experienced the consequences of having a heart that is impure. It led to adultery and murder. That's why he prayed in Psalm 51. I just, I just, I love this prayer in, in Psalm 51. He says, create in me a pure heart, O God. It's a beautiful prayer. Create in me a pure heart, O God. 
and renew a right spirit within me. David prayed that prayer because he understood what an impure heart can do to an individual. It's as we let impurity into our hearts, he knew how, how bad this could be and how bad it could get. The godly hate what is evil and they cling to what is good. They hate what is evil and they cling to what is good. When God touches our life, he touches our heart and our minds and the way we speak so that we want to be like Jesus, we want to do the right thing, we want to obey God. The principles of God are no longer a burden. We don't think, oh, not more rules. No, we think, God, what are you saying that I, how do you think I should live my life? Because that's how I want to live my life. The wise understand that the principles of God's word are for our benefit. They're not, a, they're not a burden. They actually bring freedom into our hearts and lives. David said in Psalm 24, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The holy place was the place where God was. The holy of holies was, was where the presence of God was. Who may ascend the, the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in the holy of holies, in the presence of God? Psalmist goes on to say, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. How many people know that David isn't speaking about sanitizing your hands? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust an idol or swear by a false God, they will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from, a, from the God our Savior. Why do we want to have a pure heart? Because a pure heart is going to lead us into the presence of God, where we can sense the presence of God, where we can hear the voice of God, and we will receive blessing and vindication from God. So what does an impure heart look like? To be pure means to be without contamination. How many people put purifiers on their taps, especially here in Adelaide? My goodness. You know, goodness gracious. Uh, we put a purifier to remove the contaminants out of the water. People who are wise understand how just a little bit of contamination can destroy our hearts. James says this also, James 4, 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? What does it mean to be adulterous? To adulterate means to add a foreign substance that does not belong. To add a foreign substance that doesn't belong. In adultery in a marriage is to add a, a person that does not belong in that relationship. And if we want to be wise... We need to make sure that nothing contaminates our hearts. Wise people ask themselves tough questions. Questions like, should I be watching this? Should I be listening to this? Should I be doing this? Should I be looking at this website? Should I be spending time with these people? Wise people pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's an offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's known my heart and it's not, God knows if there's an offensive way in us. The sense of the scripture is, show me if there's some contamination in my heart because I want to know. Lead me in the way everlasting. Because I know what the danger of not having a pure heart is like. Some people say, Pastor Joe, just a little bit. It's nothing really bad. It's just a, it's just a little, little bit. And, and it's not going to hurt anyone, really. What if I said to you, I've got this amazing cannoli. 
had a lot of negative feedback about the donuts. People are going, oh, donuts, donuts, donuts. Talk about, it was mostly from the Italians. Talk about cannoli, at least, you know. So, uh, imagine I got this amazing cannoli, and the cream is delicious. Oh, can you taste it? Oh, it's good. It is good. I had one a couple of weeks ago. It was outstanding. But imagine I've just got a drop of cow manure in the chocolate. Just to give it that edge, you know, a little bit of a bite. You know what I mean? You won't even taste it, really. How many people would eat that cannoli? Come on. How many people are sick in their stomach right now? Just there. You watch The Godfather 3, they ate a cannoli with a bit of something else in there. Anyway, um, wise people understand how vulnerable the heart is and they do everything they can to protect it. They don't even want a little bit of contamination. They understand how a little bit of contamination can destroy the heart. Wise people understand that the heart is evil above all else. Who can understand it, says the Bible? That we think we're strong, we think we're really strong, but as we're flicking through websites, there's one there that we know we could just linger a little bit more, and the heart is drawn to that. The heart is evil above all else. Who can contain it? Wise people understand the value of guarding the heart. Solomon says to, to, the, to, the younger, to the younger people, he says, my son, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Everything in life, everything good in life comes out of the heart. So put a guard in front of your heart. Be careful what you let into it. Wise people seek after a pure heart because as Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. They shall see God. All we need to do to have a pure heart is pray, Holy Spirit, help me to be more like Jesus. Well, Pastor Joe, no one's perfect. No one's perfect. It's not about perfection or imperfection. It's about where our heart is pointing. Is our heart pointing towards God or away from God? Is our heart, it's, it's, I often tell people, I kind of draw, I wish I could draw it. Oh, that would be good. Uh, is our heart pointing towards God or away from God? You know, we, the, the, the Pharisees, they were pretty good. I mean, they had it all together. They were, they were close to perfect, perfect. I mean, they followed all the rules, but their heart was pointing away from God. They were proud. And then Jesus often spoke to sinners and those, those who were far from God, behaviorally, you might say, but their heart was pointing towards God. Where is our heart pointing? Some people are struggling with sin, you know, and they're saying, God, would you help me? God, God, would you give me the grace? God, would you give me the strength to deal with this? And God always helps those. But then there are others who, they know what the Bible says, but they choose with the will to do the complete opposite. God says, you be careful. You be careful. A pure heart. Wisdom says, I'm going to pursue a pure heart. In the name of Jesus. Secondly, James says, the wise love peace. James says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace loving. James says, wise people seek after peace. They love peace. They hate arguing, contention, quarreling and fights. They hate all of that kind of stuff. They avoid it like the plague. People today just love to argue. There, There are people that just love a good argument. They love to argue about anything. 
And COVID has given us a lot of people, uh, sorry, COVID has given a lot, a lot of people material to argue about. You know what I mean? There's stuff to argue about. Caused a lot of division you know, in society, but in the church as well. Mask or no mask, vac or no vac, booster, booster, no booster, whatever. Tired. It's given people a platform to be able to kind of preach their, their gospel, their message, whatever it is. The Bible says, that's what fools do. It's not what the wise people do. They avoid foolish arguments. They seek after peace. They pursue peace at all costs. Proverbs says, people with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. It's a mark of good character, says Proverbs 23, to avert quarrels, but fools love to pick fights. If you're the kind of person that loves to argue and pick fights, can you just do yourself a favor, do a timeout and ask yourself the question, what's really going on in my heart here? Why, why do I always get angry like this? What, who am I really angry about with? Because it's not the situation you're facing at the moment. I've seen people get angry with COVID and the government, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, from time to time, it's caused some concerns. But I see some people going, going crazy about, about how angry they are about everything that's going on. And my question to them is, who are you really angry with because it's got nothing to do with COVID? Anger is a, is, a, is a red light on the dashboard that you need to ask yourself the question, who am I really angry with because it's got nothing to do with the situation that I'm facing right now? Wise people, they love peace. They love peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. Now there are, occasion, there are occasions where we all lose it. Everybody here lost it from time to time. Anybody lost it on the way to church this morning? Come on, just <laughs> hurry up, get to church. We're going to hurry up, you're late, hurry up. You know, you're always late. Praise the Lord, God is good. Revival, bring it on, you know. <laughs> time to time, we all, you know, kind of cross that line and think, what an idiot. I, I can't think of one time where I, you know, it only happened once or twice because I'm very holy, um, <laughs> where I lost it. And, and, you know, and I thought to myself, Joe, that was amazing. You, you, well done, Joe. You did really, really well there. Every time I've lost it, I've said to myself, you're an idiot. Don't do that again. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. If you want to be wise, stop picking fights. You ever heard the saying, there's some, some people have got a chip on their shoulder? Uh, it comes from the old days, my understanding is where... Uh, chippies, lumberjacks, whatever, they'd get a piece of bark and they'd put it on their shoulder, right? And they'd go up to someone and say, try and knock it off, you know? Um, and so they'd, they'd be picking fights to see if they could knock off the chip on their shoulder. They had a chip on their shoulder. How many people know some people have got a chip on their shoulder? And I, I, and I don't want to put those people down. I don't want to put you there. If that's you, I don't want to put you down at all. I just want you to do a, a time out with that and, and just ask yourself the question, what's going on here? Because at the basis of someone who's really angry, usually there's a wound of some description. And you need to get in touch with that wound. Someone has hurt you. Something has hurt you in your life very deeply. Get in touch with that wound and move towards forgiveness because that's going to set you free. It's going to set you free. Anger is going to get you in trouble. 
Peacemaking is going to set you free in the name of Jesus. If you want to be wise, do everything you can to resolve conflict. Do everything you can to bring peace where there is misunderstanding and conflict. The Bible says that the enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy. How does he do that? He uses our differences to cause us to come against each other. The enemy is going to try to divide us, first of all, in our minds, in our relationships, in our marriages, families, then in the church, politically, in society. And fools feed off of division and differences, but the wise seek after peace. Isaiah 52, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news, the good news of peace and salvation, the news that the God of Israel reigns. How beautiful are the feet of him who brings Good news, a message of peace. How beautiful are those kind of people? And I believe as people of God, as people of wisdom, we are called to bring peace where there is, where there is conflict. We want to be wise, don't engage in the fight. And that doesn't mean we're not a, we're not, we're, we're, we don't confront or we don't, we don't face difficult situations. That's not what I'm talking about. We face those situations in the back of, of our minds as we face those difficult situations. We have one goal in mind, and that is peace and resolution. The wise, says James, are considerate. You want to know what the wisdom of God looks like? It's considerate, gentle, loving. Considerate people consider the thoughts and emotions of other people. They consider what the other person is going through. Verse 13, we read about it. Uh, who is wise and understanding? As you, as you read the book of Proverbs, you'll always see wisdom and understanding. They're kind of always together. They're like two cousins. They're always, they're always together. You cannot separate them from each other. Understanding is the ability to understand a situation for what it really is. Understanding. It's discernment. So many of us judge people or situations superficially. We judge the exterior, what they said, what they did. People with understanding can see a little deeper. They look beyond the obvious behavior. They have something called understanding. One of the things I pray for every day, I pray, Lord, I pray for wisdom and understanding. I pray for wisdom and understanding. I don't want to be someone who just views situations superficially. I want to see situations the way God sees situations. I want to see them for what they really are. Now, we, we, we kind of do this naturally with babies. You know, if a baby is screaming, you know, you, you, don't, you don't say to that baby, would you be quiet, I'm sick and tired of you screaming? We don't lose it at the baby if they're screaming, do we? We don't, do we? No one does that here, do they? No. Praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, if a baby is screaming or a toddler, you know, I mean, anyway, we won't go there. Um, you ask yourself some questions. The questions are, are they tired? Are they hungry? Are they in pain? What's wrong? Something's not wrong. Some, they're screaming. It means something is not right. We don't react to the screaming. We try to find... Well, what's wrong so that we can alleviate? There, there's purpose in the screaming. Let's look for the purpose. Sometimes we need to do that with adults as well. People who are wise don't just look at the surface issue. They go deeper. Paul says in Romans, we, are, we, are, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. Don't just think about yourself. Think about what might be happening in the other individual. How many quarrels would be averted if we were more considerate? Wisdom is considerate. 
James also says wise people are willing to yield. Willing to yield. He says, he says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is submissive. The word submissive is also translated teachable, not stubborn. Wise people are willing to admit when they're wrong. Man, how many people say, oh man, that's hard. Everybody says, that's hard, that's hard. Well, it's not hard for you guys. You guys seem to be really good at this. Um, it's hard for me. They're willing to recognize a good idea when they see it. You're right. You're right. I was wrong. Why is it those words are so hard to say? Come on. You're right. I was wrong. Proverbs says, fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. How good is that? Hard to do. Amen? Please say an amen. So it just make me feel comfortable because I, like I feel like I'm alone up here. I'm on my own here. <laughs> Wise people understand that they don't know everything. They have blind spots. They understand they don't know everything. They understand they have blind spots in their lives. And so they listen to the people around them. They have this hunger to learn and to be around people that are smarter. They seek after the truth. Foolish people are stubborn. They don't change. They always belittle others' ideas. They say things like, oh, it's not going to work. Tried it before. It's a waste of time. It's too hard. They're always squashing, putting other people's ideas down. Reminds me of the story of the guy that falls off a cliff hanging onto a branch. He prays, Lord, send someone to save me. God sends someone who says, let go of the branch and I'll catch you. And he says, is there anyone else up there? Some people take the position of a victim and they're always blaming and complaining. Life's bad, things are bad, everyone's bad. The reality is they've had many opportunities. People have come along, let go of the branch, but because of their stubbornness, they've rejected truth. God said to Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Do you, do you think I only accepted Abel because I like Abel and I don't like you? No, I like you as much as I like him. And if you do what is right, you too will be accepted. But if you not, do not do what is right, well, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. You know, the way, the, I, I love this scripture because it says that sin is forever crouching at our door and it desires to have us, but we must master it. And I don't know, uh, there's, um, there's uh, the, the, the movie, it's a robe. Uh, where's, where's, uh, it's, it's a robe. No, it's a dress. It's a robe. Which one is that one? Emperor's New Groove. And so, you know, you know, the devil pops up on his shoulder and then the angel pops up on the other shoulder. Any people watch? Good on you. A cultured congregation. Uh, and I kind of see it that way. I see, I see kind of the enemy comes up and says, he's, he's, he's trying to get us to go and say, but listen, the Holy Spirit is also speaking to us. And the Holy Spirit says, um, if, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you listen to the scripture again, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Not only is sin crouching at your door, the Holy Spirit is crouching at your door too. And he desires to have you. 
And you must open the door and let him be the Lord of your life. Because if you do, he will take you places you only dreamed of. Cain did not opened up his heart to sin and he ended up murdering Abel. He ended up murdering Abel. But if we open up to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will enable us to do things we only dreamed of. Number five, the wise minimize the mistakes of others. But wisdom that comes from heaven is full of mercy. Wise people are full of mercy and they forgive quickly. In the words of Elsa in Frozen, let it go, let it go, let it go. Full of mercy. Foolish people harbor bitterness and envy and resentment. It's the wisdom of the world. It's earthly wisdom, demonic, uh, uh, terrible. It's just, it's going to just cause harm. Foolish people gloat over others' mistakes while wise people are merciful because they understand with the measure you use shall be measured right back at you. James says, judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. The reason why we can be merciful is because we've been in touch with our own sinfulness. And you know the reality with all of us, we want to be shown mercy, but we struggle to show mercy to others. It's not easy to show mercy, it's the grace of God. Bible says with the measure you use. I'd rather be in heaven having loved too much than having judged too harshly. Paul says in Colossians, since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive other people. Wise people are merciful. That's a great scripture. That's just a powerful scripture. Not easy to do. But how we need this today more than ever. We're so fickle. We're so quick to lose it. How, how, how we need the power. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Imagine if Jesus was, was, was quick to show anger. Imagine. Finally, the wise are authentic. Bible says impartial, sincere, without hypocrisy. Word hypocrite in the Greek described an actor in theater. And usually there were only two or three actors who would play different roles and they would play the different roles by wearing different masks. James isn't speaking about the COVID mask. He's speaking about the masks we put on our hearts where we cover who we really are out of fear, trying to impress worried about what people will think of us. Wise people are authentic, genuine, sincere. What you see is what you get. Foolish people wear masks. F -f Foolish people take a selfie and then put the filter on because they want to make sure people think well of them. Wise people are authentic. How do we get wisdom? Write these down quickly in your notes. If wisdom is so important, then how do we get it? And this is just a snapshot. I, you know, I mean, it, there is so much to the subject of wisdom. How do we get it? Number one, ask for it. Pray for it. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all who, who without finding fault, he shall be given to you. 
How do we get wisdom? Number one, we ask for it. As I said, I want to encourage you every single day, pray, Lord, would you give me wisdom and understanding? Pray for wisdom and understanding. Solomon was, God appears to Solomon. He says, what do you want? Name whatever it is that you want. Solomon, of all the things he could have asked for, he says, give me wisdom, Lord God, to lead. How we need wisdom. Solomon saw himself as a weak leader. He says, I need the wisdom of God to lead. How many of us could say, we we need the wisdom of God to do life today? The problems are so complicated. Issues are so complicated. Do you go left or right? What do you, I don't know what to do. We need the wisdom of God. So ask for it. Number two, apply God's wisdom to your life. Psalm 19 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. How do we get wise? The, this, this, this really is a book of wisdom. It's a book of wisdom. Study the book of wisdom. Uh, God said to Joshua, uh, let this book of the law be on your mouth. Meditate day and night so that you'll be able to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Speak the word of the Lord. Think about the word of the Lord. Do the word of the Lord and you'll be prosperous and successful. Spend time with wise people, number three. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. How do you get wisdom? Hang around with wise people. Hang around with people that are smarter than you. Choose your friends wisely because you become like them. And you know, that doesn't just mean actually being with wise people. It does mean that. Choose your friends wisely. It can also mean read books of people that have shown incredible wisdom. Uh, I like reading all sorts of books. Um, some secular sort of leadership books and so on. But you know, there's something about those books that were written 100 and 200 years ago by these incredible authors. There's a, they're, they're books filled with wisdom, practical wisdom. If you want to be wise, spend time with the wise. Number four, spend time with wisdom, capital W. Bible tells us who wisdom is, it's Jesus. Paul says in Corinthians, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. Spend time with wisdom. Is that number four? Number four. Spend time with wisdom, capital W. Some people think I need to become wise, so I'm going to study wisdom. I'm going to read all the books I can on wisdom. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, if you're, if you're a young person here, let me, let me, let me give you an, an extremely important 13 and above whoever's here read the book of proverbs every single year there's 31 chapters it'll take you one chapter a month read it at least one times a year twice will be even better you will gain wisdom just by reading the book of proverbs every single year read the book of proverbs one chapter a a, a day 31 chapters it's a month it'll change your life but if all we do is study wisdom danger is we'll become religious, legalistic and proud. I learnt the rules but what if wisdom is not something you just learn, what if wisdom is a person a person that you could know and love a person that you can walk with and talk with you don't get wisdom just by learning a set of rules it starts with knowledge it starts with knowledge, wisdom begins with knowledge but then 
you need to fall in love with wisdom, capital W. Because that's where wisdom starts. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. It's acknowledging Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It's about a relationship. Because there are times in our life when we don't know what to do, left or right, yes or no. Speak up or keep your mouth closed. When we don't know what to do, we can speak to wisdom. We can speak to Jesus who will guide us, direct us, give us a word of wisdom that will make us look really, really smart and avoid pitfalls. Maybe you're facing a situation right now. Come on, why don't I ask for wisdom today? As a leader, you've heard me say this so many times. As a leader, you're making decisions all the time. (laughs) Make a decision, make a decision. And I got no clue what to do. But what I've learned is to just spend some time in the presence of God and talk to God. Lord, shall I do this or shall I do this? And And I'm not saying I hear a voice, or audible voice, but I hear the voice of the Spirit. Go this way. Sure? I'd go the other way, Lord. What are you, you don't want to go the other way? No. Do this other thing. I would have gone the other way. But I just sensed from the Lord to, to, to go left instead. And it was the right thing to do. You can hear the voice of the Spirit. It's not just for pastors. You can hear the voice of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. Jesus wants to talk to you. All you need to do is spend time. Learn to hear the voice. Spend time with wisdom and you shall gain wisdom. Because he wants to speak to you and me. Maybe of all the characteristics I read about, wisdom, purity, peace, loving, considerate, willing to yield, merciful, authentic. Which one of those is one you need to work on? Proverbs speaks about the simple, the fool, the scoffer. Reality is there's a little bit of all of them in all of us. Come on. A little bit of the simple, the fool, the scoff. They're, they're in all of us. Bible says Jesus grew in wisdom. If Jesus had to grow in wisdom, how much do we need to grow in wisdom? So as we break bread today, why not talk to Jesus about what you're going through? Wisdom personified, died on a cross for us. Why not speak to him today and let him speak to you? Because if we seek after wisdom, we will experience the, the blessing and the favor of God. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to get in touch with that anger. Maybe it's time to bring that anger into the presence of God. It's the greatest place to bring our anger is bring it into the presence of God. And say, Lord, I just, I just lose it too often, Lord. Would you, would you help me to deal with this, Lord God? Lord, I'm not as compassionate as I should be. I'm not very considerate. I'm, I'm quite selfish, Lord God. W- would you help me to be more considerate, Lord God? Lord, I'm, I'm doing some stuff I shouldn't be doing. I know it's not right. I'm not silly. I've been in church long enough to know what's right and wrong. I'm doing some stuff. I'm, I'm going, I'm with some people. I'm doing some things I should not be doing, watching some websites. I should not, I'm lingering too much on those websites. Would you help me? Would you create a pure heart in me, oh God? Because I want to serve your purposes in my generation. I'm going to sing a song. Just stay seated. Uh, the brethren are going to uh, uh, distribute the cup.